You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Hey, welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show. Mike Callahan here with special guest Brandon Harris. We're going to be going over online marketing, social media, staffing, and really how to get your business ready for the spring rush of 2019. Uh, whether your industry is lawn care, home cleaning, pest control, or another service industry, uh, Brandon's got a great handle on um these things. He's, he's been in the industry for several years now, one of the experts in online marketing and uh, has created a couple other ventures. So uh, Brandon, wanted to take a few minutes and let you introduce yourself, kind of let the people know if they've never heard of, heard of you or not sure your background, but kind of how you cut your teeth in the industry um, and some of the different areas of expertise you're kind of tackling right now. We're going to go in and just kind of provide some value um, and some how-to for some people. All right, Mike. Yeah. Um, I got into the industry first many years ago as a kid and um, started with my uncle and slowly worked my way up into a company called Dr. Green. And in my early 20s, when you know you got the big head and you think you know everything, I wrote a 70-page plan and I walked into the owner of uh, Dr. Green, which at the time was the second largest lawn care company in Canada, and handed the man a 70-page plan and went home that night and said, your company sucks. You got to do all this stuff online. Thank God he was a little bit older and actually understood we were falling behind because I tell you, Mike, I went home that night. I told the wife, I said, honey, pack up the place. We're probably going to be losing the house tomorrow. She goes, what'd you do? Walked in and told the boss, you know, the company sucked and we needed to fix a lot of things. Um, luck had it. I walked back in and I was blessed with the opportunity to take on a national marketing director's position and not only take it on, but take it on blindsided as a 22 year old kid in a huge budget overnight. And I started uh, getting shifted around the country to train with people all the way from Ohio. And, you know, Sean Canary, who at the time was the HubSpot case study and back and forth across the country. And it kind of led me into a few years of really getting my feet wet. And then I had uh, switched companies when Dr. Green transitioned their corporate office all the way down to Texas. And I moved in and uh, started working with a company called Tea Time. And a few years into that, I just decided, you know, there's a lot of small guys. And I had seen the small guys getting bought out. And I was with the big guys and we were doing the buying out. And these guys could do something with their companies, but there's nobody out there educating them in the right direction. And uh, I'd actually seen guys like you and a few other guys in the industry picking up and doing stuff. And uh, I decided to walk out of my day job and it was right before Christmas, 220 bucks in my pocket, start a company. It was an uphill battle. I definitely uh, heard the word divorce about four or five times through it, but we made it through and uh, today we help guys with everything from their online web development to uh, you know developing sales plans, marketing plans, customer service plans. We're very blessed and um, it's uh, an honor even just to be sitting here talking to you today, Mike. Oh, no, no worries, brother. I appreciate you spending some time. I know you've got a compressed schedule, so we're going to dive right into it. I know there's just a lot of knowledge. I want to just start peeling the layers back and getting them out of your head. But uh, when, when we were talking offline over the last few weeks, um, was really interested in, in some, of, some of the ways you approach social media uh, and basically going in and driving traffic in a way to convert leads. So uh, if you wouldn't mind hopping in and just kind of kind of giving us your take on social media, where do you see it plays in for a service business? Um, is it organic? Is it paid? And let's kind of break it down and dissect the steps of social media in your, in your opinion, um, in this 2019 season, it's going to drive success for these companies. Uh, the first biggest thing, Mike, is, um, it's actually a lot of mix, but a lot of people can get organic leads. The problem we're running into today in the market is that they're not taking the time or the thought process to really see what the trends are. Um, for instance, a video header and utilizing video and constantly putting video up and then pushing it to local groups, mom and pop groups, garage sale groups, school groups, if your kid's in a school, if you're sponsoring a sports team, those groups on Facebook, that's key. 
But all in all being said with the social media aspect of it, it's about building up a localized plan. And it's um, very similar and um, I have a bit of a background there as well to politics. You have to build a localized plan, stay local and continue to communicate in these groups and not so much sell is educate. So what we like to see, what we like to do is we like to break into social media and first and foremost, look at the design, look at the localization. You'd be surprised when you get into a page Half your followers might be from another state or another town you don't service. You have to break that down and niche it out. You need to stick local, but while sticking local, you need to utilize educational content that includes video, blog pieces, and artwork that all aim towards a similar goal. And then take that to a next step and theme it around holidays, seasons, different things you're seeing. For instance, right now we're seeing fungus. One of our clients, um, Ohio Turf Solution, you go on his lawn, and you say, okay, we got a fungus. So he looked down, he's seen a fungus. We wrote 38 different funguses you can look for in the spring in your lawn. And that has been a beautiful piece. It's an organic piece based off of the SEO. And then of course, building it back into that social, utilizing the local group approach, but we're hitting issues that make sense to people now, as opposed to, hey, you know, get a beautiful drainage system. And some places in the country, you still can't dig. The ground is too cold still. So you just got to utilize what's going on in the time that it's happening locally and it, it tends to work very well yeah i love that approach couldn't agree with you more and it, 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 it's it's specific it's educational you're not trying to be the sleazy salesman um and, and you're just providing relevant content that's going on in their actual life those pain points so when the first weeds hit maybe we're talking about how to do broadleaf weed control maybe if you're talking about fungus or maybe pre-emergent weed control um we're talking about what's going on the specific and relevant to those local people um, and that, that's just great advice. If you're listening to this, there's been a lot of thought and process put into what Brandon's talking about. Other thing that, that caught my attention, and I'm, I'm wondering if you could expand on this just a little bit, is you mentioned using different mediums. So video, text, picture, um, long copy. Now, what we've seen in a lot of industries is that, um, especially service industry, we're only doing one thing. But I know at least when we do our process for following up like in an estimate, we've seen a huge increase of closing ratio. We're using automated text, email, and yes, even personal phone call. So are you seeing the same kind of results that we're seeing when we follow up different uh, communication mediums actually on social media as well? Yeah. And actually, uh, Mike, even with that follow up and definitely not trying to oversell you here in this call, but uh, I've uh, also learned that using those different follow up methods and um, I've used your program with a handful of my clients recently and mixing the two together for me has been phenomenal. Actually using, you know, the follow up with the 21 days to close and then using that same type of approach on a social media platform with your automated messaging and you know the follow-up phone calls, text messages, our closing rates are actually increasing about nine to 15% just here in the springtime. And for my guys, that's great. We answer the phones for multiple companies and a lot of that closing ratio is driven really high, mixing those things together in a team effort. The ultimate goal is contacting that person, how they wanna be contacted, of course, and in a way that they're comfortable. We all know we get the grandmothers who want you know, snail mail. We've, we had one today. You know, we have a client who only wants to email and text and, hey, we have to keep envelopes on hand because you have a slight niche of people that want that. But, yeah, we do try our best to convert everything to that online platform aspect of it. And it is increasing closing across the board. Love it. And I think the other important thing at least I'm picking up on here is as a fellow business owner is uh, you are staying in the medium that that person's coming in. And so if they want to be in through uh, traditional mail or email or Facebook Messenger, whatever that is, you're probably staying consistent to that channel they came in. Um, yeah. it, and once that, that that spring rush hits now, I think the biggest elephant in the room, and I think we're just going to address it up front, is is staffing. There is a labor crisis um, between H2B and all the issues that came in. 
uh, a general at home workforce that potentially uh, in the millennials just doesn't want to be associated working in um, an outdoor or even indoor physical labor such as home cleaning. Um, are, are we, what we talked about it, I guess what we see a lot of times, I guess, in my opinion, I'm curious, your opinion is we, we don't see a consistency in staffing, um, uh, a proactive consistency or a proactive nature to go out and staff for, um, the potential rush that may be coming. So whether it's a spring rush in lawn care or maybe a later season rush, maybe in the home cleaning industry where we're staffing up for more cleaners because we're doing a top to bottom or deep dive clean, uh, right before the holidays, that rush is popping in. So what, what's your approach um, to create consistency in staffing. And I know you have uh, several businesses you own and, and you do have those fluctuations for seasonality. So how would you approach it as a business owner if you're giving advice to work for that consistency? We have actually, um, and it's, I want to niche here in our industry specifically, we have uh, learned that we're in the era of what I like to call the Uber lawn care era. Everybody wants to be a business owner. Nobody wants to work and work for somebody else. And even the young kids, we've seen that come across. And H2B2 has been a great program. This year, depending on where we're located and the people we're working with, we've noticed that they're getting denied. Some of the guys that we have that train on these things are getting denied to get their guys in. So what we've done to approach that, we highly suggest you get on indeed.com and use the resume section and start two months before you need to staff and you put in what you're looking for. If you go to the resume section, you will find hundreds of people that are in need of work and we've been pulling them. We've been doing the same thing. And we're going back, honestly, um, in modern day times, 15 steps to where we're even scraping Craigslist at this point. And scraping Craigslist two months in advance, we'll get 100 potentials and then break down those potentials before you have to be out in the field. Because as you know, once you're in the field, the hardest thing in the world is to pull one of your managers off or somebody who's actually in the field to train a new guy. So we try to take an approach 60 days ahead of time, collecting as much content and you know contact data as we can from anybody who's in the field and looking for work. We follow up and we execute 60 days in advance. Awesome. And the commonalities, and, and, and that is, I, I think that's one of the keys to success. I know um, Jonathan Petoshnik of the Lawn Care Millionaire, co-owner of Service Autopilot, myself, um, have been doing a lot of these uh, localized regional events um, for Service Autopilot. And one of the things we've always been talking about uh, literally three to four years ago, when we did our first Lawn Care Millionaire uh, interview, Jonathan and I, is, is talking about stacking that virtual bench. And even last year at SA5, their conference, we were still talking about labor and how to build that virtual bench. So I think, uh, Brandon, if I, I, I could put some insight to that, I think that you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. And in, in going out, and at least in my opinion, to kind of summarize what you said, if people are listening to this, is what Brandon's talking about is going out. And if you are going for the looking, looking for the positions you need now, uh, when you need them, it's too late. So you're talking 60 days. So if if lawn mowing season or lawn care season starts in the beginning of April, uh, you're talking maybe the end of January, beginning of February, where you're going to stack that bench. Because let's be honest, in the service industry, a lot of those applicants aren't going to show up or they may not work out. So I'm assuming that you're you're proposing we almost overstaff for those positions. Is that correct? You almost overstaff and you build a funnel just as if you were marketing. But instead of starting your marketing funnel and ending with the sale, you're ending with a quality employee and just, you said it, you hit the nail on the head and you guys really actually set my approach to that. And I, I have to tell you, Mike, I kind of stole that one from you, my friend. I uh, took what you had talked about last year and put that into action and changed it just a little bit. And when we're stacking the virtual bench, when you've got those resumes on hand, you've talked to people, you know, the predicament, you know, the situation, and you talk to a hundred of them, you may have 10 that might not be ready to move until May, but you can hire the guys you need. You know, you've got 10 backup for May. So that way you have that virtual bench in case, 
something falls off. Um, you and I both know it's more than likely six out of 10 guys you hire at the beginning of the season will be gone by the middle of the season. So you're going to have four solid out of 10. We usually try to keep a bench of about 100 people. And that's when we have like um, Ohio Turf Solutions, a guy we're dealing with now and a great friend of ours, James Hicks. We've got three routes that we're running. We're working on getting his fourth route ready to go. As we plan that out, we've got five or six backups ready to go for that route. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you'll never miss a podcast. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Love it. And then, and, and I think, and I, it, one thing I could, I kind of lead in is you're looking at historically, um, I know in, in my business is we were running it um, in the lawn care industry there. Uh, we would see consistent shifts of employee either getting fired or quitting. Um, so historically, and I don't know if this puts a perspective, um, but, but we, we looked at it. So it was every year within a five to six day window, like a week, week and a half. Um, it would literally be Memorial day, July 4th, the week of August 18th, I know, because that's my birthday. And literally within five days either way, we'd end up firing or someone who quit in the last week of October. So that's when we consistently knew we needed to not only staff for the spring season, but we would go about three weeks before that and literally double down and start interviewing every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, where consistently we'd only interview Monday and Wednesday. Um, so I love your approach to that, building that virtual bench. Um, and it was interesting that you said you basically inverted a sales pipeline in and you're out marketing to those potential employees as you did as clients. And, and what pops next in my head is marketing in general. Um, I know you've got a lot of insight for that. Um, now, a lot of contractors, let's be honest, in the home cleaning or even uh, lawn care industry aren't marketing at all. So what would be your tips as far as marketing? And is there certain times of the season we should be marketing, shouldn't be marketing? What's the approach on all of that there? That completely depends on the business. And um, as you very well know, there's a huge variation specifically in our industry from hardscape to softscape to guys that are out treating lawns. So depending on the industry, uh, the biggest thing that's hitting right now would be your mowing, your generalized landscape cleanups are starting to pick up across the country, your first apps and first rounds, depending on where you're located or going out. We started marketing for that almost six weeks ago as well. And if guys aren't marketing, if you're not doing something my biggest suggestion um, to get into marketing, first and foremost, is have a CRM. And I say that, Mike, because I've gotten dozens of calls this year with guys that want to jump on marketing, but they're still keeping track of stuff in Excel files. You need a CRM, first and foremost. You need an organized CRM. And once you have that, you need to develop a localized platform consisting of having a website, having social media pages, and a plan and a program that is going to last you from six weeks ago all the way until June 1st. That's how we market. So we'll start at the end of January and market till June 1st. For most guys, whether you're hardscape, softscape, you're out there doing treatments, if you're a mosquito control company, you start marketing and we start with a localized approach. We like to use things like, um, I'm doing an Easter competition right now. We did it for Christmas, for kids. Draw, you know, Santa Claus, send it in. And mom and dad has to bring people to your page and like that drawing to get that child a chance to win one of three prizes. It's fun, it's community involved. We like to do something sparked up or March Madness is going on. So you do a bracket event, you know, for people that are into sports. You do something local that people understand. I try to localize as much as possible, whether it's local high school teams, college teams. That's my first approach in the season. As I'm setting that off to go, I'm in the background setting my sales goals. I need to increase by 15 or 20 or 30%, depending on the business. And here's our budget. And we take that budget and we break it down. And the biggest thing and biggest piece of advice I've learned over the years is, we take that budget and don't put it all in one basket. So we're not going to put everything into mailers. And that's one of the hardest ones we've had to curb this year with clients is these um, paid mailers. Guys are so stuck on sending out, you know, 
millions and millions of dollars in paid mailers. And I asked them, hey, have you utilized your Facebook page? Have you gotten into a local group and talked to a mom's group about what's going on with your business? No. Have you gotten into your community? Are you branding in the community? No. And that's a big thing. The first thing, in my opinion, would be a CRM. The second would be a website and utilizing social. Third being all that other stuff we've been doing since the 90s. You've got two free assets right now. Actually, three as Google changed, and I'll cover that a little bit. We now have a Google asset that changed last March as, they, March as they changed their algorithm. They gave us complete access to use Google like a Facebook page. And I'll shoot you a couple samples um, you could take a look at and shoot up if you like with the video later. We've seen businesses increase by 300% using Google just this spring. You can now utilize that like a Facebook page. So you have a lot of free assets. You need to utilize those. And if you do have a website and you're not blogging, get a team member to sit down, make a plan. And like we were speaking about earlier, utilize that information, tie that information back into those posts, and that'll continue to grow your business. Whether you've got a guy like me behind you or just a steady plan, it's all about having a plan in place and following through with what's on paper. Yeah. And if you can't plan for it, it's never going to happen. So that, that that's huge. And I think a lot of times, um, at least companies I talk to are, are like, well, I want to do a million dollars in sales this year in the spring and I'm going to do it. And then they come to the fall and they're like, well, it didn't happen. Like well, what, what, what were the steps along the way that you needed to execute to make that happen? Well, I thought it was just going to happen. Well, if you don't plan for it, at least in my opinion, it's never going to happen. Uh, a couple of things that I wanted to hit on before we move on to the next topic, though, it was interesting is, is you talked about local engagement in specific things. One of the guys that um, was just on, on a few few weeks ago was uh, Eli Hall out of, um, out of Arizona, and he's done a great job capitalizing on repurposing his content so it's locally specific. So he goes out once a month, it appears to be at least from what I can tell is he's talking about uh, specific sporting events or the, spe the specific festivals, whatever's going on live in the can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Just looks like my camera went dead here, but either way, we'll keep rolling with it. Um, so basically, he was talking about uh, local sporting events and different things like that. He was driving social and, and community engagement. And um, the other thing that I wanted to touch on is, so you recommended possibly not as a salesperson, but an actual local person getting into these private um, Facebook groups. So the different neighborhood groups. Have you seen a lot of uh, pushback on that. I know a lot of uh, companies are like, well, I don't want to get in there because I'm afraid they're thinking I'm selling something. But it sounds like you're just getting there as a local member, getting a vibe what's going on in the local community. Yeah. And what we've, uh, what we've learned to approach Mike, and this is a spin that most guys in our industry wouldn't think of um, outside, just so, you, so I can make it clear for everybody outside of one care, I own a political consulting firm with a gentleman named Jim Dodge. He's an analytics genius. Um, it's an honor to be involved with him, but learning from Jim and learning he's a data scientist here in illinois he's been very you know focused for years on data science he was the one that gave me that idea about two years ago when i first started talking to him you get into these local groups and you don't sell them and i spent a lot of time with my guys on the marketing and sales aspect but when you get in and localize whether it's somebody in your business you yourself as the business owner a marketing company you hire that gets in there you find the issues in those groups and you comment on them you you always play down the middle and positive Somebody's having a rough day and they have too much rain outside and they're complaining that the streets are flooded. Yeah, it's sad that this could happen. You should give a call to the local such and such. And we just answer questions a handful of times until people are comfortable it's in the group. And then we share information rather than a sales pitch. So we will continually put information in a kid's coloring contest like we were talking about. You had a local mom's group with your office lady and she's dropping a coloring contest for kids. It'll fly off the wall compared to dropping in 
aeration and you know overseeding 50% off and just dropping a sale and boring people. You have to engage those people. You have to get those people that are local wanting to come back to your page for something other than a business purpose. And then what you do is you start churning them into a pipeline, eventually, you know, turning them over to customers long term. I love that. An approach and it's just a personalized uh meaningful way to just connect with people um so as we're going in here last thing i really wanted to dive into i know you've got a compressed schedule so i really appreciate your valuable time just spending and dropping some knowledge here um is web development now uh, a lot of people say seo is dead yay or nay we'll, we'll talk about that but uh, as far as web development a couple of things i want you to hit on would be seo websites that convert and then the last thing we'll get into, and we can talk about a little bit in a few minutes, is reputation management online. But uh, if you wouldn't mind going in, just give us give us some background on web development, SEO. I know you talked about maybe creating a blog post and potentially maybe listing the questions from those local groups as the headline and um, some keywords for SEO. But uh, you're the expert. I'm going to let you roll with this and kind of give us some insight on that. Yeah, Mike. Uh, one of the biggest things we suggest is if you have a website and you're not upkeeping it, maintaining it, utilizing it regularly, is getting in there, utilizing that website, building onto it with a blog post, um, some localized approach, hitting those local groups. And um, what we do is exactly that. We'll take the questions handed to us, we'll take the information that we've been granted, and we'll pull that information from those local groups, and we'll start to utilize those in blog posts. And not just one, 200, 300 words. We're putting out posts sometimes in the four, five, 10,000 word spectrum, but it's answering those questions and it's giving solid answers. And then what we like to do is um, my biggest thing for 2019 is clustering. That's where we take one blog filled with answers and we do a video to match it and another video to match it. And then another blog off to the side with answers to a question asked within that question. So uh, for example, why do I need narration and seeding? And we may speak about drainage and compaction in the soil. And then you'll see a link on compaction in the soil that'll take you to another 38 questions and answers about compacted soil. It's about becoming the information source for the question being asked and relating again back to your viewer, back to the person who's looking at what you're doing. The more you can relate back to that source, the more you can take that information and give that person an answer for what they're looking for, the better off you're going to be. While you're developing online, I do have to say SEO is not dead. SEO has changed. Last March, Google did change SEO. If you go onto my website right now, Mike, and you look, We've got their actual hand guide. It was leaked last year and now they've made it public information. It's a 200 page hand guide and Google literally says, this is what we want from you. And when you look at everything Google has handed you from last year and when it became public, it's all about localization, working within a community and tying to a niche. No, you're not gonna make first place jamming keywords and posting the same thing a thousand times. A lot of the old, what we used to call black hat practices are dead. But if you take an approach that's more of a white hat approach, answering those questions and giving the viewer what they're looking for and you're retaining their time on your website and you're getting positive backlinks with other people in your community. It's a lawn care guy that could be, you could reach out to the local plumber and maybe you guys swap blogs that month. Hey, a lot of my guys are talking about, you know, the mold that's coming out from their downspout and the downspout's backed up. And I know you're a local plumber, but it's a water issue. Maybe you can put a curb on this and get somebody to your plumbing page. You work and, you know, converse with them to cross link. That's where you're going to see a lot more of that SEO kicking in in 2019 and video content as well. doesn't matter how great your blog is and how great your information is. Um, about 85% of our traffic as of last year had converted from videos. It's a uh, common across the board right now. It's a known thing by 2025, 90% online marketing will be video. A lot of guys are still in that 2001 to 2007 range where they're not quite focused on video or content marketing, 
they're still stuck in what they were in a year or two ago. So we need to get to that point. Awesome. No, great, great insight. And I, I love the fact that you're, you're going in and you're answering those questions. You've got that video play coming through. Um, and I guess the last thing I'd, I'd like to hit on if you've got some time is reputation management. Uh, how yeah. does that all come into the final full picture? Reputation management is the key to everything. Um, one of the first things I learned in the industry, and it was actually with Dr. Green when I started with them. They're the second largest company in the entire nation. And we had branches that we couldn't lift for the life of us. We had a $6 million branch here, $5 million branch there, and in between in an even bigger city, $900,000 branch. I could never figure it out. And as I sat down and looked at the reputation, it doesn't matter how great you are. Your reputation management is only as good as the staff you've got on it. And if you don't curb that before you start marketing, you're going to fail. If you've got a three-star Google rating, if you've got a two-star Facebook rating, if you haven't taken the time to look at those things, every person in the world is a Google expert now. I like to call myself a YouTube certified mechanic. If I've got an issue, my friend, and I can't change oil for the life of me, standing joke in my office, I'm on here, typing on my phone, okay, this is how I change oil. This is how I do what I'm looking to do. Everybody's going to read your reviews. Everybody's going to look at what you have going on. And if you don't take the time to look at what's going on, you don't take the time to rectify your reviews, you don't take the time to organize what it is that you need organized, over time you're going to fail. I suggest you get back to reputation management before you ever think about marketing or scaling up. Awesome. Great advice. Could, couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's tough. I mean, there's different platforms like Yelp and some other ones that uh, are a little more challenging than others. Um, Yelp, I like to call it the four-letter word, but uh, either way, oh. love or hate it, you've got to pay attention to those things. Um, and, and pay attention and, and sometimes a bad review is, isn't a bad thing. It's how you respond to it and how you frame it. So, uh, you, you are going to get, get those occasional negative reviews, but it's how you respond and how you handle it. Um, in my opinion, it is going to be just as important as having all five-star reviews. So you, 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 once in a while you want a little zinger in there and, and make sure you make it right and you respond to it. So, um, Brandon, you know, really appreciate your time. Um, you know, just as a courtesy, everybody's on. If people are interested in what you're doing or how to get a hold of you as an expert in marketing and everything else we've talked to, um, how, how, do they, how do they reach out to you? Uh, you guys can stop by www.lawncaremarketing.org or if um, you're just interested in chatting, I now have uh, brandonharris.org. I just use that for um, online conferences, things like this. And um, you'll find a link to um, your channel and video as of this afternoon as well on there. So. Thanks so much for having us, Mr. Callahan. I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. But until next week, we're going to have the SA Weekly Talk Show. Uh, got some more special guests. We are just coming at you live with content uh, week after week here to help you go out and dominate your 2019. If you haven't checked it out, also on the Service Autopilot page, uh, I believe it's every Tuesday. Ask Scott Howard. He goes in and asks or answers, actually, your questions you ask live. So another huge thing on the Service Autopilot that is just trying to give free education and how to better utilize the system to go out and build the business of your dreams and dominate your local market. So until next week, we'll see you. Brandon, appreciate it, brother. You too, sir. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.